Tonight's scripture reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You can be seated. For those of you who are here this morning, you heard Tim say that one of the most spiritual things you can do sometimes is to rest. I just want to take this time to remind you that this is not one of those times. I was, I was like, of course Tim sets me up like that, because now everybody's going to sleep in my sermon and say, well, Tim said, this is spiritual. <laughs> um, so Tim asked me several months ago, actually, um, when Gospel Advocate let me know that my book was going to be finished in time for Affirming the Faith to speak every Sunday night uh, f- throughout March and uh, kind of highlight some of the things from my book. Um, some people have asked about my book, and turns out it's already out of print. Just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, they did print a, a certain number of copies so that they could have them here for affirming the faith. Uh, they're going to print some more, and when they do, I will have a box here uh, for those who are interested and did not get a chance uh, to purchase one at affirming the faith. Um, but some had asked Ty and Tim and myself about that, and I promise you as soon as uh, I get those, I'll let you know. A few years ago, I say a few years ago, probably about six years ago, um, my parents moved to California. They only lived there for two years, but I, as someone who never got to go visit them, uh, felt like they lived there a lot longer. And my parents are very active on social media and f- would frequently post pictures of what they were doing in California. And I'll just tell you, I didn't know what true jealousy felt like until my parents moved to California. They would post here we are at In-N-Out Burger today. I was like, that was rude. Uh, nobody needed to know that. Here we are driving the coast of California. And I said, do you have a job? Like, some of us are at work right now. Uh, they, and as they shared these things, I found myself wondering, like, why? I mean, I should be happy. They're enjoying their, themselves. They're, they're doing exciting things, getting to see cool things. And I'm filled with jealousy. Uh, that's what our current culture allows us to do. We get to see into people's lives. And while that creates some great opportunities, um, it also creates some challenges for us. And uh, before some of you tune out and start doing that resting thing that Tim was talking about, I understand that not everyone in this auditorium is active on the internet, uh, active in social media. I hope you will hang with me because the, the principles that we're going to talk about tonight extend beyond what we do online. Uh, but certainly, we live in a time where it is more and more uh, easy to view what other people are doing and become jealous of it. Uh, here are a couple of things I, I've noticed that maybe stand out for people. Um, a date night. You hop online, and they're out on a date again. And I'm here at home with my two children, just hoping for five minutes of peace, right? And you know, they're, out, they're out seeing a show or eating some nice food. Sounds wonderful. Uh, they're at the beach again. 
It seems like it's their third vacation this year, right? There they are. They're at the beach. Collect, and they, they were nice and they collected some seashells that they brought back for us. How nice of them to go to a wonderful pay, place and remind us that we didn't get to go with them. Right? Oh. We, we've been waiting for so-and-so to pop the question or to find that right lady. And it seems like every friend we know, right, is, is getting engaged and sharing it all over the internet. I miss the days where you just got engaged and the people that needed to know knew because you asked them and they said yes. Uh, that's a baby announcement. So when I was in Missouri a couple months ago, I, I used this picture. It's a couple wearing Chicago Blackhawks jerseys. I thought that's unoffensive. Nobody cares about hockey. Uh, and I found out that there was one member in the congregation who not only was a diehard hockey fan, he was very, very, very anti-Chicago Blackhawks. So I was like, I have found a way to offend someone even when I'm trying to be uh, unoffending. But, you know, we see a couple who announces that they're having a baby and that's an, that's an exciting thing. We should be happy for them. But it's, it's easy to see that. And because we've been trying and, and we can't, those uh, things of jealousy come in. This was the best picture I could find of a guy who I thought was going to work. <laughs> he may be going to rob a bank for all I know. <laughs> but he looks good doing it, right? <laughs> uh, we see He's got a new job. We've been trying to find that perfect job. We can't find it. These are, these are good things. They're exciting things. They're things that when we see our friends and our family share them, they should bring us joy. But because of how we are, uh, because of the culture we live in, it is, if we're not careful, it's easy for us to see those things and feel jealous. Uh, to feel discontent with the things that we have. And so tonight, I just want to talk about the idea of contentment. Being content with what we have. Uh, being content in our situation. And being careful that we don't allow Satan to use discontent to create friction in our life between us and people that we should have good relationships with. And especially when it comes to social media and the things that we're able to do online, it's easier than ever to see what other people are doing and go, wow, I wish I wish I had uh, what they had. And so we're going to look at a couple of passages, one which we already looked at. If you want to just write a couple of these down, uh, they talk about contentment, and we're going to come back to a couple of them. But First Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. Um, Hebrews 13, verse 5. And then we, as we just read here a minute ago, Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. And it's, Paul is going to start with a secret. He says he's learned a secret, and Paul is that nice friend who learns a secret. And what does he do? He shares it with you, right? So here is the secret as he shares it in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 13. Uh, he says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, uh, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So notice a couple of things. Paul did not say that he had learned to be content in his current situation. Uh, He says, whatever situation and every situation and in all things, he had learned how to be content. And Paul is an individual who saw both sides of the spectrum. Uh, as a Jew, he was very well respected. He probably was taken care of financially. He had all the things that he needed. And we read in the scriptures that he's persecuted and out on the roads and uh, struggling for money. Uh, these are things that, I mean, Paul knew both sides. He says, I know how to be content. 
good times and bad, Paul knows how to be content. And it's verse 13 that tells us his secret. Uh, this is perhaps one of the most <laughs> pulled out of context passages of all time. Uh, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What Paul's talking about is contentment. He's saying in every situation, I've learned how to be content. I can do it because it's God, it's Christ who gives me that strength. And so here is, if you walk away with just one thing tonight, and this is regardless of your use of social media, um, if Christ is all you have, you have all you need. That's contentment. Uh, yes, are there things I might want? Sure. Are there some situations that I think would make me better off? Absolutely. But Paul is saying, if Christ is all you have, you have all that you need. That's true contentment. And so that is the secret that Paul had learned. That's the secret he lets us in on. And it's going to be the basis for everything we talk about tonight. Uh, because until you get to the point in your life where you are okay with just having Christ, if that's all you have, you're going to be, you're never going to be content. You're going to see what other people have and you're saying, ooh, I want that. Uh, that is what jealousy is. It is looking at what somebody else has and saying, I want that. It's not limited to physical possessions. It can be a situation. It can be their talents. Uh, it can be uh, the things that they have going on for them in their life. And when we look at those things and say, I want those things, uh, I said I would be good to carry this with me, Carrie, and I got to remember to carry it with me. Um, I said Carrie in two different forms there. Feel good about that. <laughs> So that's the secret. Here is the struggle. Yes, it's easy to say, if I have Christ, I have all I need. But the struggle is jealousy creeps up inside of us. And I look at other people's situations and I go, wow, that, that, that looks really nice. If I could just have those things. In fact, on our way over, Carrie and I were talking different Carrie now. Now everyone's confused. Uh, my wife, Carrie, and I were talking about different things that we may look at other people and say, if I, if I just had this much, then I'd be content. And it might, if I had this much set aside in my bank account, then, then I can be content. Or if I was, if I could just have this job, or if I could just, you know, have this raise at work, or if I could just find that special someone, or if I, we could just have a child, or if I could just, I mean, it's more and more and more. Uh, because we see those around us and we become jealous of what they have. This is what it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. Uh, it's, Right there in the middle of the Ten Commandments, he says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male servant, or female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything else that is your neighbor's. And this is a command that has been around since God was giving commands. And that is, don't look at somebody else's stuff and say, I wish that were mine. Um, in fact, Luke twelve fifteen says, don't covet because this life is more than physical things. Uh, we shouldn't look at someone's situation or their possessions and say, I wish those things were my things. That's what jealousy is. It can be a person's situation, their job, their family, uh, their talents. And here's the problem with jealousy is it doesn't just stay as jealousy. Is I, I look in someone's situation and I'm jealous of them. And jealousy always le- uh, leads to a place of bitterness. Bitterness toward a person. Why do I feel bitter towards them? I don't know. Just because they have things that I don't have. And so when we go back to that example of my parents living in California, why am I bitter towards my parents? Because they are living in California? I shouldn't be. Uh, but it's impossible when we feel those that feeling of jealousy to not end up in a place where not only do we want what they have, 
uh, we start to have bad feelings towards those individuals. Uh, but that's what, that's what we're able to do online. Um, and so if you are going to compare your life with those that are around you, it's going to lead down one of two paths. Either pride, you're going to look at what others have and say, well, man, I got it, I got it going pretty well. Or you're going to look at other people and it's going to lead to jealousy because you're going to look at what they have and you're going to, you're going to wish that they had, uh, that you had what they do. And so here are just a couple of thoughts on comparisons. Uh, a couple of things that I hope you'll remember when it comes to comparing what you have with what other people have. Number one, there's that verse that I was reading to you. <laughs> uh, number one thing to consider, usually they are what we call limited comparisons. I don't see everything. Uh, in fact, I have noticed it's getting better, I feel like, but especially on social media, nobody wants to air their dirty laundry for the most part. There are some who do, uh, and I, I think there's a place for being genuine with people and authentic, but for the most part, I don't wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, man, I look rough. Time to get a picture and post that online so everybody can see what I, I mean, nobody's going to do that. And you're putting your best foot forward. And so... <laughs> When we're looking at other people's life, we are seeing the best snippets of their life. In fact, I heard someone say that we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reels because that's what people share. I go, man, look at this great food that I just put together. Take a picture. When you're a guy like me, you don't take pictures of the food that you just put together because no one wants to see your bowl of ramen noodles at 1130 at night. Like, what are you doing? You're not in college anymore. Grow up. Uh, But... But people are going to put forth their very best online. And we have to be careful because we get online and we say, oh, look, their home is always put together. Their family is always smiling. I, I look at these pictures of me and Carrie and the girls that are hanging up in our house of everybody just smiling as if we took this picture on the first try and there wasn't screaming and fixing hair and crying. <laughs> that was just me. Uh, <laughs> But we look at these things and we go, oh, they're always so put together. They're always out on the town having fun. Look at the, I just wish my situation were the same as theirs. You know why? Because you're seeing their very best. You don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Because people aren't taking pictures of their dirty house and posting it online. People aren't taking pictures of their screaming kids and putting them online. They're putting their very best out there. And so we may think everyone has it better than us, but that's because we're seeing the very best. People look at your posts and say, oh, look, see, they, they always have it so put together while we're sitting there looking at their posts thinking the same thing. Because guess what? I have to see all the behind the scenes for me. I know what's going on at home. I know the struggles I'm dealing with. I know the headaches I've had. And so when I see other people, I'm like, oh, that looks so nice. That beach looks so great. See, I wish I was there at the beach with them. And then I remember, guess what? They're not having any fun. That's why they're on Facebook when they're on the beach. You're at the beach. Have a good time. Enjoy it. Uh, so number one is usually they're limited. We're limited in our comparisons. But secondly, and I feel like this is such a mom thing to say. I feel like my mom would have told me this. Maybe she did. Maybe this is where I got. There's always someone that's worse off than you are. And I know that's something that we just say, but if you think about it, it is so true that in your situation, no matter how hard it is, and I'm not making light of anyone's situation, no matter how hard the things that you are going through are, there is someone that is going through far worse. Um, 
this is especially important when we're thinking about the small, mundane things in life that don't matter. Because it's so easy to look at our life and go, oh, this, I'm just so miserable. I have all these hard things going on in my life. Um, and we look at these other people who are having really good things going on. And we go, oh, see, if I could just be them. Uh, but when was the last time you got online and compared your situation with someone who's struggling? You know, someone gets on and posts about an illness that they're dealing with. Those aren't the people we're comparing our, li- our lives with. We're like, you know, oh, Craig, you're struggling. Whew. Let me compare my life with yours. No, because that's it. I don't need to compare with somebody who's struggling. Oh, look at that vacation. Those are the people we compare with. But it's the people who are going through those struggles that can look at our situation and say, man, uh, I wish that's where I was at. I saw a little cartoon that someone posted online one time. It is a guy that's sitting at a, uh, a stoplight, and next to him is a sports car. And he's, he's looking over there at the sports car, and he's saying, oh man, I wish, I wish I had that car. And meanwhile, you've got somebody next to him on the sidewalk on a bike saying, I wish I had a car, looking at this guy's car who's looking at the sports car. And then you've got a guy walking past on the sidewalk that's thinking, I wish I had a bike. And then the last picture, I think, is a, a young boy sitting up in his window in a wheelchair, walk, looking at the guy walking down the street and thinking, it would, you know, it would be so great to be able to walk. And again, it's just such a simple picture, but the, there's so much truth in it. We look at other people's situation and say, oh, if, if only that were mine. Uh, and I think we are foolish to believe that there aren't others that look at our situation and go, I wish, I wish that were my situation. And we're just like passing each other's situations around because everybody's situation seems better than ours. I mean, you know the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? We always think we're going to be better off if we could just this. Um, the, the next time you look at somebody else's life and think, oh, I would be so much better off at that, stop and take a step back and, want, and think about how many people would look at the good things that you have going for you and think that same thing. Uh, so not only are our comparisons limited, uh, there's always going to be somebody worse off than you. I say that. There's got to be someone who's at the bottom, right, who can't say that. Say, well, no, I'm... But in, in every situation, there is somebody who is saying, I wish their situation were my situation. And we've got to remember those things. And so the question is, if I am a person who is constantly comparing my life with the people that are around me, what do I need to do? I mean, what do I got to do? Uh, and as I was preparing this material uh, a couple years ago, at first my thought was, well, you got to stop with comparisons. You got to go back to the source. Comparisons are the source, so stop comparing. Um, comparisons aren't the source. Contentment is the source, or more importantly, discontent. If you are not content with where you are in your life, that's going to be when it's easy for me to start looking at other people's lives and say, oh, if only I had that. And then jealousy builds up, and then jealousy eventually leads to, uh, leads to bitterness. And sadly, eventually bitterness leads to hate. And we have people who have done no wrong to us. Uh, there's nothing in their life that uh, should offend us, but just the very fact that they have something that we don't, that we want, we hate them for it. That's what comparisons and jealousy do to us. They lead us down a path that takes us to bitterness and hate. Uh, We can't do that. And so let me just tell you first and foremost, if you are someone who spends a lot of time online and are not content in your life, now would be a good time to take some time away from being online. Um, because before you hurt a relationship in your life simply because you're not content with where you're at in your life, 
Take, take some time away and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast. Maybe it's I'm going to fast from social media for a while so that I don't have to see that. Th- this sounds like a mean thing. Um, and I even had to go and check and make sure. You know, somebody on Facebook that you unfollow, you don't have to unfriend them. Some of you have never been on Facebook and I've just lost you. Hang with me. I'll come back to you. Some of you are on Facebook and you're going to understand these things. You don't have to unfriend a person, but you can unfollow a person. And guess what? They don't know. So now all of you can rush back and unfollow me, and I won't even know that you've unfollowed me. If there is a person that every time they post, you find yourself comparing yourself with the things that they have, just unfollow them. Uh, Take that temptation out of your life. Until you can properly look at things without feeling that sense of jealousy, just, just unfollow them. You don't need to send them a message and say, Ty, I hope you know that everything you post makes me jealous, so I'll be unfollowing you for a while. They're like, sorry. I'm just going to unfollow for a little bit. Uh, I promise you they're not going to... I noticed you stopped liking my posts. Have you unfollowed me? Yes, I have. Um, remove the temptation. Uh, last Sunday morning, we talked about the, the scripture where Jesus says, if your hand causes you to stumble, you cut it off. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. And if social media is causing you to stumble, take some time away from it. Just step away. It's not worth it. Um, if there are people in your life that you are constantly comparing your situation with, separate yourself from them for a little bit on, on social media until you can get back to a place where you're content. And... I wish there was some magic formula to do this, but like I said, it goes back to this idea that until Jesus is all that you care about, until you are content with just Christ, you're never going to be content. And I just know that this this has nothing to do with technology. I know that there are some people sitting in this auditorium tonight who are not content with where they're at in life. And you may be sitting there thinking, if I could just get here that's when I'm going to be content. Uh, and I know that because I've been that place in certain times in life. If I, can, if I can just get a job that I make this much money, then I can be content. Um, or if I can just find that special person. You know, I, I'll get married, that's when I will be content. Uh, maybe it's having a child, maybe it's finding uh, you know, uh, you know, saving up a certain amount of money in the bank. I don't know what your one thing is that you are saving up for, uh, that you are holding out on until you can be content. But you know what that one thing should be? Christ. And if Christ is all you have, that is all you need. We should be able to be content with that. It's easy for me to stand up here and say that. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's, it's not easy to practice it. I still struggle with comparing my situation with others. Um, there is a youth minister in the church who shares stuff online and Carrie teases me because I frequently look at stuff and think like, man, that is a guy who knows what he's... And it's hard for me not to think like, I, I got to be better. And it's okay to want to grow. It's okay to want to better your situation. Contentment isn't like, well, I don't have a job and I should just be content in that. Uh, you can desire to grow. Uh, but when you look at your life and say, I can't be happy with this. I, I can't I can't be happy. I can't find joy. What you are telling God is, God, thank you for the blessings that you've given me, but it's not enough yet. I need more. Uh, and for someone who has said that before, let me just tell you, it's never going to be enough. You're going to get whatever it is that you're after, and then you know what you're going to want? More. And you're going to get there, and then you know what you're going to want? You're going to want more and more and more. It, it never stops. 
Uh, if you chase the things of this world looking for contentment, you are never going to get there. But if you can get to a place in, in your life where you say, because I have Christ and because I have the blessings that, I ha- uh, that come in Christ, I have all that I need, uh, then you can be content. And then you're not going to worry so much about what others have. And when you do see what others have, you can be happy for them. You can see that your parents have moved to California and say, that looks wonderful, mom and dad, and not say, and you had to move back to Oklahoma and before I came and visited you. How selfish. <laughs> um, find contentment. Find contentment in Christ. I'm terrible with PowerPoints. <laughs> this is, just remember this. As you think about what discontent leads to, you're going to compare your life, but then it's going to lead to jealousy and it's going to hit, uh, lead to bitterness and hate. Don't, don't ruin relationships in your life, not because of something that they did, uh, because something they, they have that you want. Uh, be content in the things that you have, especially uh, in those spiritual blessings that you have. Uh, this evening, if you are someone who uh, maybe you're struggling in this very area, uh, and you need prayers. We want to help you with that. If you're struggling in another area, though, we want to help you in, in whatever it may be. Maybe your lack of contentment comes in the fact that you're not in Christ. Uh, and you don't have those blessings yet. And, and if you want to uh, put Christ on in baptism tonight and begin to enter into a life of true contentment, uh, we want to help you with that as well. Uh, whatever it may be, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing this song.